Sadly, I'm not amongst the bravest of men, and I'm not exactly proud of that. That's why I said sadly. But when it comes to clowns, I stand tall and resolute. I don't get squeamish. I embrace them as brothers, rather than the slack-jawed, painted-up weirdos that they've been so vilified as. If they are cut, do they not bleed? In fact, I wouldn't be entirely surprised to hear of clown cutting as something that is routine in their trade, for the life of a clown is a depraved one. Much like the comedian, once the laughter fades and the lights dim, what have you really got? Drunk as hell and high as fuck, it was in this mindset I found myself the night I met Sketchy the Clown. A few hot and salty summers ago, I was slumped against a parking meter, smoking a cigarette and staring intoxicatedly into the night. The shrill scream of female terror and the alluring click of high heels drew my attention to an adjacent curb. At a gaunt six foot two, pale-faced and sunken-eyed, stood the most strung-out-looking clown I'd ever laid eyes upon. So, you're a clown, I said, slinking over to the clown. Yes, I am a clown, the clown said. Sketchy the clown. <sighs> no shit, I said, taking a quick drag off my cigarette. Scared the bejesus out of them hookers, didn't you, Sketchy? Some people are frightened by clowns. Are you frightened by clowns? I think they're fantastic. Then come with me, Jonathan. It was as if we'd always known each other as he led me into the basement of some seedy cat house. In its bowels was a tiny saloon. There was a stage with 40 or so wicker chairs in the audience and plenty of circus fare. Fatties, spastics, hipsters. He had ensnared me in the foulest showbiz trap next to the open mic. The burlesque show. Drink, be merry. I shall call upon you in short order to assist in my stage performance. Anything for you, Sketch? You know that, I said while taking a hit off of a passing joint. This was in the days when I was still a drug-addicted alcoholic. I ordered two bottles of Pilsner and anxiously took my seat as the show was about to begin. Well, it was interesting. The opening act was a thick young chicken named Starletta. She danced and contorted about with relative ease. She sang along to the old-timey music, off mic of course, which confused me during my second beer. She'd bang into the wall or a patron from time to time, but it didn't seem to matter. For the pièce de résistance, she had stripped down to her pasties and flung her arms back with a ta-da or olé, as I've heard it sometimes called. I had mildly become aroused during this point. The girl had talent. Next up was a beefy young construction worker. <laughs> Hard hat, steel toes, reflector vest, and aviator shades. He seemed to have lost the rest of his uniform in an unfortunate traffic accident. For aside from the aforementioned, he wore tidy whiteies while twirling a stop and go sign to the beat. I haven't much else to report on his act, for I was staring at the floor the majority of the time namely for fear of what looking might have implied about me. 
At the last tired blast of a traffic whistle, I knew his number was up. Sketchy now took center stage. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, people of all ages and for the ages. I am Sketchy the Clown. He had that sideshow Bob quality to him, you know, like queerly captivating. To help me with my first feat, I'd like to ask Jonathan to assist me. <laughs> ah, fuck it, I'm an artist, you know? So I sprang forth eagerly. Hey everyone, it's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram reporting live for duty alongside my old buddy Sketchy the Clown. What the fuck can I do for you, Sketch? Yes, Jonathan, yes. <laughs> Remove your t-shirt and give a little twirl, perhaps. <laughs> No problem, Sketch. I cast off my t-shirt to the thunderous applause of the audience. I hadn't a clue what the fuck was so entertaining, but as the horse performer I am, I hammed it up. I slapped my beer belly for the crowd, hollering, stuck a feather in his cap and called it macaroni. We were electric. Say, Sketch, was that just a clever ploy to get my black ass stripping for these fine folks? You catch on quickly, Jonathan. Ha ha ha. I picked up my t-shirt, took a bow, and exited the stage. By God, Sketchy, I never felt so alive! I exclaimed as we stood on the sidewalk after the show. Yeah, well, it was nice knowing you, kid, but I gotta be moving on now. I got a train to catch. Now, wait a minute, Sketch. We've got something. Don't tell me I'm the only one who feels it. Kid, like I says, it was swell working with you, but I gots to be shoving off now. Damn it, Sketchy, my ears are still ringing from the applause. We got something, Sketchy. Think about it. Sketchy and Jonathan's clowning comedy. We'd sell out the entire circuit. Don't be a fool. No, I'm a clown. And you're weirding me out, kid. Take care of yourself, eh? Sketchy, no, Sketchy, don't go, Sketchy. You said you're my special friend, and special friends don't go away. No, Sketchy, don't go. <laughs> I was crying at this time. He sauntered to the edge of the curb, shot me a playful wink, got into his Uber, and sped off into the night. It's never easy to forgive oneself after having begged for a clown's reassurances. But as the years wind on, the wound begins to heal. I can see myself for what I was a whimsical drunken clown fancier. So what if I weirded out a clown? It does not define the man I am today. At least I don't think it does. May the good Lord forever hold you, Sketchy the Clown, wherever you are. Jonathan James Ramtran reporting live for duty on January 1st, 2018. Happy New Year. May the good Lord always hold you. And um, God bless, you know. 
Job bless Yaman, you know. Many happy returns. Maybe, 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 <laughs> always. Come on, always. Be safe, be happy, be merry, always. Um, yeah, 2018 started off, started off. That sounds like, you know, that's like foreshadowing. Oh, oh God. That's even more foreshadowing. What's going on? I was in such a good mood. I'm just doing a podcast. Oh no. Ah, oh, Jesus. Well, you know what? Um, 2018 has started off to be very great. You know, um, you know, I had to go to bed alone last night, so um, that was kind of sad. You know, I'm a single man. Well, actually, I wasn't quite alone last night in bed because um, I was awoken to the sting of a bed bug bite. I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of being stung by a bed bug, but it's a motherfucker, right? I was like sleeping. I was like, ah, oh, God damn, my neck, right? And... Uh, I was like itchy. I'm like, wait a minute. And I get up and I go look in the mirror. Bed bug bite. Um, I live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. A big city, a big metropolis. And um, from time to time, you pick up a bed bug, I guess. You know, um, I go to, you know, I catch the subway. I go to the store, you know. I could have picked one up anywhere. And, um, you know, it fucking, you know... It was kind of an, an, a rude awakening, so to speak, right? And it was like 6 o'clock in the morning today. And I was like, you know, I found the bed bug, right? And I looked at him and I said, you know, Happy New Year, motherfucker. Squish. I tossed him in the toilet and I flushed it. But it got me out of bed early. It got me up and rocking and rolling. Uh, I washed all my bedding. Um, I sprayed it with... Uh, bed bug repellent that I keep handy just in case I have an emergency like that. And I just went about my day. I worked out. Um, I did a bunch of push-ups, did some sit-ups, skipped some rope, played bass guitar as I am a bass player. And then I, um, you know, I had some breakfast. I had some yogurt and a hard-boiled egg. Then I went to my sobriety meeting. And, you know, those are the little things that I can relate to these days as a blessing, you know, I had the opportunity to, you know, be humbled, you know, because in my previous life as an alcoholic, um, I didn't have much going for me. At one point, I lived in a men's shelter where I was ravaged on the daily by bed bugs. I'd wake up in the morning, my face would be swollen, you know, I'd look like Alf. You remember Alf, that alien, uh, that cartoon? or sorry, rather, that puppet, that elf, that space alien. I used to look like him in the morning. My face would be all, like, uh, swollen and shit, and I'd be screaming, and, you know, like, it would just be a nightmare. And um, I lived like that for four months, getting stung by bed bug, but getting stung by bed bugs every night. And now, you know, by the grace of God, I'm, I have a nice living arrangement, um, I have my own place, I work, I pay my rent, I rest, I eat healthy, I work on my comedy, I work on my bass playing, I work on my creativity, I work on being a human being. And, you know, if I gotta get stung by a bed bug every now and then, so be it, you know? No big fucking deal. Um, and my heart cries out to, like, people that are still suffering people in active addictions, you know, because like on my way to my sobriety meeting this morning, I saw people like that. 
I saw people that were, you know, active addicts, you know, people with addictions, you know, they're wandering the streets, they're, they're looking all fucking ragged and fucked up, you know, in the light of day, the first day of 2018, they're on the street all fucked up, and it's just like, it made me feel very blessed and fortunate for how far I've come, you know, I mean, living in a men's shelter was fucked, you know, they used to um, come around the uh, men's shelter, right? Research survey groups. And they'd be like, hi, um, would you care to do a little survey on um, diabetes? The first person to do a survey on diabetes, we'll give them some socks. They'll give you some socks for your troubles, ladies and gentlemen. So one time they came and they were trying to do a survey on erectile dysfunction. If you suffer from erectile dysfunction, come down to the mess hall of your fucking uh, shelter and uh, do the survey. And we'll give you a pair of socks. It's like I live in a fucking men's shelter, you know? Of course I have erectile dysfunction. <laughs> I joke, I joke, I kid, I kid. Wasn't that like an Eminem song? I joke, I joke, I kid, I kid. Anyway, um... Yeah, fucking bed bugs, erectile dysfunction surveys, you know. I, I almost got in a fight with a guy once, right? There was this guy who, like, um, ch- check this out, picture this. When you live in a men's shelter, at least the one I lived in, um, there's, like, you know, five, there were five dormitories, right? There, and in each dormitory, there was, like, about 15 beds squished into a room. And, and each bed, obviously, a homeless man would get assigned to a bed, so everybody had their own bed. I don't know why I had to point that out. I mean, I don't know if there's... Well, there probably is. There's prob- I wouldn't be surprised if there was homeless shelters around the world where you have to share a bed. That'd be even worse. You know, cuddled up next to some fucking crackhead. Bum. Uh, good night there, Joseph. Uh. Anyway, um, 15 cots to a room. And you're just sleeping next to um, all sorts of street people. Homeless people, right? And... Um, uh, I almost got in a fight one time with this dude. Um, this guy was insane. Like, he was this old black guy. Well, he wasn't even that old, but he was older than me. I was, like, 25 at the time. He must have been, like, 35, 40. And he, he, he was, like, a street kind of a guy, and he was all fucking angry. And he sounded like Mike Tyson. And he was, like, insane. He used to wear, like, plastic bags on his head and shit, right? And one time I came home to the... Uh, came home. <laughs> home sweet home. I came back to the shelter... And um, there's like a courtyard where people would like, you know, drink beer or smoke cigarettes. And um, generally speaking, on the weekend, there would only be one staff member. Sometimes that staff member would go out into the courtyard and hang out with the guys, right? Have a cigarette, talk. So I came home. Keep saying that. I came back to the shelter one day. And I was hammered. And um, I'm ringing the doorbell to be let back into the shelter. And um, everybody was um, everybody was laughing. I'm like, what the fuck's so funny? And then the, the shelter attendant goes, how's your math skills, Jonathan? And I was like, what? How's your math skills, Jonathan? Get it? There's only one of me and you're ringing the doorbell to be let in? I was like, oh, fuck, right? And everyone's like, ah, ha, 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 you got to work on your math skills, ah, ha, ha, ha. 
And then the black guy with like the fucking um, bag on his head goes, yeah, motherfucker, you got to work on your math skills. It's like, what the fuck? You got a fucking Dempster's whole grain fucking baggie on your head. You're telling me to work on my math skills? Shut up. He kind of sounded like Mike Tyson too. Hey there, motherfucker, you better work on your math skills. Anyway, I've come a long way, man. <laughs> I don't get bed bug bites. I don't have to fight fucking homeless fucking wackos with the fucking pastry bags on their head. I can do math now, basic math, you know. One plus one equals one. <clears throat> Whoops, I fucked that up. One plus one is equal to two, in case you didn't know. And um, yeah, my heart cries out to those people in active addiction out there. You know, it's hard. Um, I saw, yeah, a few people just wandering the streets, sitting around at different cafes. And it's like, wow, what a time. I remember being homeless at this time of year, man. It's not easy waking up on a New Year's Day and uh, looking into the future like, what in the fuck? But um, baby steps, one foot in front of the other, and you will get to where you need to go. Take it one day at a time. Take it from me, man. You know? I'm a person who fucked up in life, and I got it together. That means you can too. And, you know, um, what is fucking up in life? Fucking up is when things become less desirable than you planned. I guess that's the basic definition of fucking up because there is really no right way to do life. It's just what is desirable to you. And you can only answer that, right? You have the power. I mean, if you're living a less than desirable life for yourself, then that's fucking up. And that could be turned around through... You know, a little bit of hard work and maintenance and a little bit of um, humility, which is what I'm very grateful to have today. I mean, uh, my life is great, but it also looks different than what I, uh, what I had originally planned. Um, but that's okay. You know, that's, those are the breaks, as they so eloquently put in hip-hop songs and in old-time rhetoric. Ah, it's a bum rap I got there, son, you know? But hey, you know, those are the breaks. What can I tell you, kid, you know? Ah, it's a lousy, rotten, crummy world, you know what I mean? Man's got to fight tooth and nail for every goddamn nickel he earns, you know? Those are the breaks, kid. Those are the blows. But hey, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, um, yeah, I know, one foot in front of the other and you're going to make it, son. You're going to be big, you know? And, uh, I take it one day at a time. Uh... Uh, some plans for my new year. Um, I uh, I plan to uh, continue playing the bass guitar, as I am a bass guitar player, as I have mentioned before, I believe. Um, and if not, um, let me mention it again. I'm a bass player. I love music. Um, I was playing ever since I was a 14-year-old kid. And that's when my uh, alcoholism started. And I only had the capacity to really... Um, Looking back on it now, that's when it gripped me. And, um, you know, I've been an alcoholic since the age of 14 up until the age of 30 when I got sober. And I've been sober for a year and two months as of now. And um, 
when I started playing bass um, was around the time I started drinking. So my focus obviously started to shift towards drinking. It didn't come readily easy to me, but I had a few things good going for me. Um, I have good hands. My bass teacher used to say that, you got good hands, kid. And that means um, I'm able to get around on the fretboard pretty good. I'm able to form chords pretty good. And um, my fingering, <laughs> my fingering's pretty good. And uh, yeah, I'm developing uh, more and more of my bass playing abilities. I, um, I bought some uh, instructional books on different chords and different theory. My goal is to learn a new song a week so I can learn 52 songs this year. That'd be cool. And the way I'm going to learn them is by, like, you know, by ear and also by um, tablature and also by um, reading music. I can read music to a certain degree, and I want to enhance those um, skills. I'm going to go take some acting lessons, you know, so I can be uh, the actor extraordinaire. Jonathan, the actor. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh should melt, resolve itself into a milky dew so I can jerk off on it and fuck my mother. Fuck you, Gertrude, you fucking slut. That's my um, <clears throat> rendition of Hamlet, by the way. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go be taking some, uh, I'm go be taking some acting classes. I'm going to take some Meisner classes. Um, as I alluded to in my previous episode, um, Sanford Meisner is a teacher, and his method um, is very practical for the actor. It gets down to the fundamental um, challenges that face actors. Um, emotional commitment, emotional inner life, um, listening, reaction, you know, inner life, and um, text and dialogue, you know? You gotta be able to have an emotional um, an emotional inner life that you bring to your character. You got to be able to connect with your fellow scene partners and you have to be able to um, work with text. And those are very basic tools of an actor's uh, vocation, but they're also um, very challenging. It's not easy to do that type of stuff. You know, that's the difference between good acting and quote unquote bad acting. And, um, if you appreciate um, acting on any level, you can imagine um, that, uh, well, I don't know what you imagine, but um, if you appreciate acting, then, you know, these are the things that actors seek out to improve, and that's what I'm sorting to seek. Take some lessons, hopefully get some pussy. I haven't been laid in, like, uh, you know, close to two, three years when I was in active addiction, alcoholism, um, I gave up on pussy. I remember the last time I had some viable pussy. Um, I woke up out of a stupor, right? And I was like, ugh. And I, ugh. I light a cigarette. <coughs> I look at my cell phone and um, I got a text message. So when am I coming over? It was this thick young chicken that I picked up at a, uh, picked her up at an acting class, ironically. She was an actress as well, and um, lovely girl. And uh, we had um, made plans to kind of, you know, boink, 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 And I remember I just like looked at the text message, and I was like, you know, I'd rather get drunk and smoke cigarettes and pot all day than meet with this girl. 
And uh, I sent her a text message. Oh, sorry, I'm busy. She goes, you're always busy. I'm like, yeah, well, those are the breaks. Those are the blows. These are the times. And uh, that was the last viable um, relationship other than more for <laughs> other than the times I paid for sex. Um, that was the last time I uh, uh, had uh, a normal sort of uh, dialogue with a woman that way, you know what I mean? That last time I was in a sort of a relationship. And um, I don't want to paint myself with too bad of a stroke, you know? You're talking to a lady killer here, man. I had a woman once want to have my baby. She goes, Jonathan, I'm only joking, like 75% joking, but will you father my child? And I was like, bet you crazy. And she was a lawyer too. <gasps> I could have been a stay-at-home dad, man. I could have like married some, well, I don't even know about married, but fathered some child to this like lawyer chick and um, just like, well, what do you call it? Um, leached off of her for like the rest of my life. But, um, <laughs> you know, that was kind of a tragic ending to... Um, what I thought was a good friendship, you know, her and I, we, uh, we had, um, a tumultuous love affair. Um, we had been, um, kind of like lovers slash friends. And I think we were more friends than anything because the friendship endured. I really enjoyed talking to her and we kept in touch, but, um, there was a distance thing. There was a little bit of an age difference as well. And, after she wanted to have my baby, um, if you can understand, I wasn't too plussed to like um, hang out with her. Not not hang out with her, but like, you know, to go down that romantic path. So one time she was coming to town. She goes, hey, you know, um, I'm going to be in town. Do you want to grab a drink? And, uh, you know, and I'm just like, well, um, you know, tell you what, kid, you know, if you ever need a futon to crash on, you're more than welcome. But, um. You and I, I don't know if that's a great idea. She got all pissed off, you know, fuck you. And then she never talked to me ever again. <laughs> I thought that was kind of, you know, it kind of hurt, you know, because like I liked her as a friend. And all I said was just, I guess I insulted her because we did kind of have like a flirtatious kind of a relationship. And um, all I'm trying to say is that, you know, you don't want to play possum with all chuckle butt here. You know, I am capable of getting laid. I just haven't been laid in three years because I've been a fucking lousy drunk. And um, I just say that for comedic emphasis. I'm not trying to get laid per se. I'm, I'm just more open to a relationship. So that's kind of like one of my goals for the new year to um, break, bust this cherry wide open. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be strange. I haven't had sex sober in God knows when. And I haven't had sex in God knows when. So that's going to be fucking interesting. I don't even know. Am I going to have to like... Oh, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. You, you guys will be the first to know what happens. Um, luckily, I've lost my virginity before. So I can imagine it'll be the same thing. Awkward. And anyway, you know, I'm open to it though. Um, I'm open to the uh, open to the idea of love. That's actually one thing you got to be open to in life, you know, love. Um, I uh, as I was getting prepared for this holiday season, you know, um, uh, I used to love Christmas when I was a kid, but unfortunately, how things happen, my family is kind of dysfunctional, and 
uh, kind of, um, what do you call it? Yeah, just dysfunctional and um, apart from each other. So while I like Christmas in the season, I don't necessarily have a reason to like, you know, make a big deal about it. I don't have to get a Christmas tree or buy presents. I'm, you know, I'm with my sober family. I go to my meetings and I see my sober family that I care very much for and they give me a lot of um, love and uh, fellowship. So I'm very thankful there. But in terms of just my personal life, I don't really have much need to celebrate Christmas other than, um, yeah, I don't. But what I do is I keep that fire burning. I keep that ember burning because uh, one day I want to, like I say, have sex again, <coughs> a.k.a. get into a relationship, maybe have a, you know, let's see what life has for me. Maybe I'll become a father, you know, who knows? Who knows what life has in store? And um, But what I wanted to do is I wanted to keep that ember glowing this year. So I bought a um, just a cute little um, Christmas ornament from the dollar store. Just, just to have, just one thing to have in the apartment to say, hey, you know what, this is the start of your Christmas season. You know, this is the f- start of, um, while this is my second Christmas sober, it's like the start of how my new life regarding the Christmas holiday will be. So, like, you know, I have this little ornament that represents uh, my hope and my desire to be in a loving family one day of my own and I can keep this ornament and hopefully I can pass it down and share it with some lucky stripper um, <laughs> somewhere down the line, right? I'd be open to dating a stripper, you know? I've, I've played strip clubs before, you know, as a comic. I remember one time I went onto a stage at a strip club and I was like, yeah, this was the worst. Um, I was doing a show with my buddy, Ryan Ash, great comedian, uh, great Winnipeg comedian, um, I went to theater school with him. He's a great actor and comedian. Ryan Ash, if this ever reaches out to anybody, check him out. He's really cool and a really great guy. And um, he had this gig and he, he took me along with it and he even paid me for it, which was cool. And it was at a strip club. And I remember, I won't forget, right? And it's like, too sexy for my cunt or whatever, right? And this chick, she's on stage and she's stripping. And, um, she fucking takes off her little skimpies and she spreads them. Oh, God. Hate to report that, but that's what happened. And, um, you know, she gets her little tips and the DJ's like, Thank you, Crystal. A round of applause for Crystal. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break from some tits and ass right now for some comedy. And everyone's like, Boo, fuck you. Okay, welcome to the stage. The comedic stylings of Jonathan Ramcharan. I was opening the show, so I went on there, and I was, like, you know, trying to ham it up. I spun around on the pole, you know, which was pretty disgusting. And I told a couple corny jokes. Nobody laughed. Everyone stirred, Everybody just stood at, st- stared at me like death. I stuttered and stammered like I'm doing right now, and then I just bailed, you know, like uh, I did, like, fucking... I did, like, maybe seven minutes. I was supposed to do, like, 15. I did, like, seven. Ryan closed out the show, and uh, I think we went and smoked some weed. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, I would be open to dating a stripper. Why not? And um, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm open to love is what I'm trying to say. Those are some of my hopes for the new year. And um, yeah, with the comedy thing, um, 
you know, as you can tell, um, you know, I like doing it. I hope you can tell that I like doing it. And, um, I, uh, I had the blessing of starting this podcast at the end of 2017, carry it forward into 2018, carry it, carry it onward, carry the weight a long time. And, uh, yeah, I just got a lot of excitement and hope and gratitude. So it's your old chuckle buddy. Guess what? Jonathan James Ramtram wishing you a very blessed 2018. May all your dreams come true. May you never have to worry because um, our creator is watching us. And, you know, we're watching out for ourselves, hopefully. And um, eat your vegetables, um, brush your teeth, and be very good boys and girls. And I'll see you next time, all right? Ciao. Actually, I don't want to say ciao. That's something a white fucking person from the fucking 1980s would say. Okay, brother, ciao. Fuck that, I'm a hip young black man. Alright, peace my players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>